Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Magic Beans podcast. My name is Cracker, and I will be your host for this episode. And I'm joined by a couple of the beans here. I have Chewy. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm happy to see the A-grade host back. Very good. Look, it's been a little while, and we thought we'd uh, we'd wheel me back out again, show Shorty how it's done. Excellent. And to help, to help us along with the show, we have Stu. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm good, thanks, mate. How you doing? Very well. So, the reason I am on hosting duties this week is... Shorty is a very busy bean right now, putting together all of the videos that you may have seen. So these down to the last couple and preparing for, well, what we're talking about this week, which is the Invitational, which is happening this Saturday. But before we get too deep into that, we need to have a quick chat about our amazing sponsors. So Chewy, who is sponsoring the Magic Beans? Okay, so the Magic Beans podcast and our Invitational, uh, which is happening this weekend, are brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Uh, Josh and Pat's are a Facebook auction group where you can bid on nightly auctions, premium auctions on the weekends, uh, multiple lots each night as well, and you can pick up some some bargains on some physical Magic cards. And uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, get into your bidding wars. <laughs> it's really fun. And, you know, it's not uncommon for cards to go at well below market rates. So get a great deal and tell them that the beans sent you. We love them. They're they're an amazing service that we have access to. All right. So normally Shorty talks about the fact we have a jam-packed show full of heaps of topics, but we have just one topic, but it's going to be jam-packed anyway. So this week, it's the Invitational. Somehow... It's gonna be huge. In, in in our first in our first year of running events, we've ended up in a position where we've got enough players that have entered where we can like cut to a top eight and and run this massive. It's gonna be a huge event. How has this happened? I don't know. People like us for some reason. Yeah, we're kind of a big deal. No, no, they like the prizes that we've got. Let's. They see. they like the idea of free events with prizes. So, uh, and you know, we we try to do a halfway decent job of coverage and honestly probably the best coverage out there on the internet for magic if i'm honest so yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be massive it's going to be massive for a few reasons a it's our first b you know we're going to be together so Stu, like what's what what are you looking forward to the most what are you most hyped about on the weekend i am hyped about this entire thing i i've never been this hyped about anything that or a tournament or game that I'm not actually playing ever. So this is going to be awesome. What is it? Five of us, we're going to get together in the same room, in front of the same camera, in front of the same computer, and commentate some amazing games. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that probably uh, people that watch our stream don't see. It's just the enormous amount of work behind the scenes. Uh, that, you know, credit to Shorty that he uh, has done a lot of, you know, sitting back pressing the buttons, but... You know, the rest of us, when we're not on camera commentating, we're, you know, getting the other matches set up and making sure everyone's cameras and audio is working and that we've got a backup just in case somebody's NBN dies and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's a whole lot easier when we're in the same room. Well, I hope it is. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, given that 2020 has been the year that it has been, uh, pretty excited to be in the same room with the the beans to, to do this. And it, as you mentioned earlier, though, like our coverage up till now has been pretty great. But for the for the listeners at home, it's about to get a whole lot better. Uh, Shorty and Chris have been working in the background for the last couple of weeks, making lots of little changes and lots of little tweaks. And look, I think you're all going to really love what we're going to have put together on Saturday. 
Yeah, make sure you tune in from 2 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time uh, to uh, Magic. Sorry, to twitch.tv slash Magic Beanscast. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. And we've got a whole bunch of um, sort of hype player profile videos that uh, Cracker sort of alluded to in the intro. Um, there's uh, a couple that are, uh, have been sort of shared on our social platforms. Uh, who have we got so far out there? So, so, so far we've got Yanray and J-Mud. And I believe P-Jaw was released today as well. So He was, yeah. One of our international players. All the way from New Zealand. Yep, that, that little island off the coast of uh, Cracker's hometown of Tasmania. Um, little, little Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so I think I've managed to insult a whole state and a whole country in one sentence then. There's not that many people in either of them. So I was going to say, it's only like 13 people, man, totally. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. That's fine. Uh, but that's a... <laughs> no, we yeah, love them the, all. The amount of work that's gone into those uh, has been exceptional. So thanks for... The uh, the top eight invitational competitors for giving us their time for cracker yeah, for running cracker those interviews and that. shorty putting them together. Uh, it, yeah, been a lot of fun. They've and come up a treat. I really yeah, like they them. look really good. So you can find them on our Twitter at Magic Beans Cast uh, or on our YouTube page, which is uh, just search for uh, Magic Beans Cast. Yeah. So I I had the great pleasure of interviewing all of the players and like. We've had to cut all of the videos right down, all of the audio right down. But like, I was having really good chats with like all of the guys that are playing, and they're all just really excited, man. They're all like awesome people, and just it's been really cool. And like, yeah, it's been awesome just to like chat with them all about like what they were going to do and what decks they're going to play. Most people had no idea, so it's been fun seeing the deck lists roll in now. Well, 10 p.m. last night, so 23 hours ago, was the cutoff for. Uh, deck submission, uh, which will allow us to uh, talk about their deck lists and the archetypes on this cast, as well as give the guys behind the scenes a, an opportunity to, uh, you know, work through all of the, you know, the shiny stuff for the uh, for the stream. So we know what people are playing. Mm. It's fair to say there's some variety there. Is there? We've got seven mono red decks and one Esper control. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> that is about as far from what we actually have as as possible. Is this a sign of just how good the standard meta is at the moment? It's that yeah. the top eight yeah. from our entire year have all signed up with different decks. Eight different decks, yeah. So, yeah, there, there is. It's really unique. And as they were sort of filtering in uh, last night, you know, we were, you know, First one, second one, third one came through and we're like, oh, yeah, all different archetypes. And then we were like, surely we can't have eight different ones. And, and it turns out we can, uh, which is really exciting. And, yeah, given this league got off to a little bit of a false start with, you know, Omnath, is it going to be banned? Is it not? No one really wanted to, you know, burn wild cards on new cards. And, you know, the, the last league was a bit of a, a rush towards the end to have the polar opposite here where they're – the format's healthy and wide open and yeah it's a a really diverse metagame and we we know what that is but the people listening don't know so cracker do you want to tell us what absolutely what each pe- each person is playing i would love to so 
Uh, I guess we, this is probably like going to introduce who the top eight competitors are. We've we've known for a little while, but uh, Child Rebel Walker is playing Tima Obosh, that companion that people forgot about. <laughs> yep, one, we'll, we'll get into the, the deck list. Yeah. We'll get into the, the what is actually in the deck lists a little bit later. But yeah, just talk about archetypes for now. So you'll have to listen to the whole cast to find out what on earth Tima Obosh actually is. Uh, we have Pejor playing Gruul Agro, Yan Ray running back Demir Rogues, Tom D on Naya Winota, Benny R on Demir Control, J-Mud playing Esper Doom, which is a Yorion deck, Namburger on Monogreen Food, and Hemsey on Abzan Doom, which is also a Yorion deck, I believe. It is, yeah. Right. So uh, it's a, you know, there's two Doom Patrol decks, which are uh, both Yorion decks and one other deck with a companion. So can we just, just uh, go two back other to decks, actually. Oh, two other there's, decks, actually. Two other decks. There's a Lurus deck as well. There is. Yan Ray with Demir Rogues is Lurus, right? Yes, yes. Yep. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the deck he 11 owed in the last league? I don't know. I don't know if it's kind card of. for card, it's, but certainly it's, the same archetype. Yeah, it yeah. is different, and we can get into that when yep. we talk about it. But yes, it's it's the same uh, overarching thing for sure. Yeah. Excellent. So I had a bit of a tinker today uh, and, and last night. When when we looked at the deck list, we we got all the deck lists and it's like okay, what what what's actually here, uh, you know? And I have well, let's have a little bit of a breakdown by the numbers, and you know, had them for less than twenty four hours. I had to sleep, uh, work, and and be a husband and father in that time, so I didn't have the time to do a uh, a full deep dive into the num into the numbers, but uh, continue to do that and be able to talk to that a little bit during the stream but are you saying you aren't frank carsten i am i am a uh uh a fraction of frank carsten <laughs> absolutely a fraction uh both when it comes to uh analytics and my ability to pilot the affinity deck uh both things i enjoy but frank frank is my spirit animal uh absolutely uh, so I just did, uh, you know, I pulled them into Excel and, and had a look and I thought I'd have a look at the, the most played cards, uh, cards that are not there in great numbers, the most played colors and the most popular sideboard cards. So just to talk through that, just to kind of give people an idea of, uh, what is being played, what, what spells and, and what lands are being, uh, put onto the battlefield on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and one of the things that really jumped out at me is across the eight decks, the most played card is forests with 34 forests. And given that there is a mono green deck, absolutely, that accounts for 18 of those. But yeah, the, uh, the, the 2019, 2020 dominance of green, uh, is, uh, definitely continuing. Uh, and the next most played card is 22 fabled passages. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, the most popular, uh, non-basic land. As far as creatures go, there are 12 Bone Crusher Giants and 12 Lovestruck Beasts uh, in uh, in the top eight. So uh, three decks are playing full play sets of either of those, of each of those, sorry. Uh, and to deal with those, um, there are eight main deck Heartless Acts and eight main deck Eliminates. Um, so it's a, uh, a, a balanced... Uh, creature versus removal uh, sort of format. And some cards that really surprised me, uh, given that there are two Yurion decks and what we've seen in previous finals coverage uh, is only two copies of Charming Prince across the entire top eight. Given the synergy with Yurion, Charming Prince can do some busted stuff. 
Uh, and you joked earlier about mono red decks. There are only two Robber of the Rich main deck uh, for the entire top eight. And surprisingly, one murderous rider, it's really gone down in stocks. So, yeah, that's uh, I found that pretty interesting. Any comments on on the most or least played cards there from you guys? Anything that's surprising to be there or, or not be there for you guys? Uh, nothing that jumps out immediately. Like Fabled Passage is obviously like the best fixing we have available. Not all of the decks are able to play Triomes. They're obviously not in all the colors uh, and don't always suit. Um, I There's a lot of sharks but kicking around in the sideboards. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually just from the two Demir decks we have. Yeah, so the Almost. most popular sideboard cards, uh, it's a tie between Scorching Dragonfire and Shark Typhoon uh, with six Mystical Dispute, five Oxifagonus, five Scavenging Ooze, and five Wilt. Uh, they were kind of the things that jumped out as, you know, really popular choices. It makes sense that Scavenging Ooze and Wilt uh, are there because they're green and that's the most popular color. But yeah, Sharks in the sideboard, there's more Sharks in the sideboard than there is in the main decks across the top eight, which is... Certainly a shift in standard to what we've seen, yeah, you know, pre-bannings. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. And Scorching Dragonfire, uh, is it being played just for its three damage? Like it kills a lot of stuff as a, you know, solid spot removal spell that incidentally exiles? Or is it being being played for its exile ability? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, what against rogues, you kind of want to get rid of... Exiling things in rogues is really good. Avoiding oh, yeah, with getting the, the Lurus and uh, Call of the Death Dweller bringing things back. So, yeah, I, it may not be incidental at all. I'd say it's probably fairly deliberate. It's just a good card. Yep. Okay. Yeah. The other thing we were talking about before is the fact that it hits almost every threat in the mono green deck. Yeah. So the the only things that it doesn't hit are the beasts, the love struck beast and the questing beast. But maybe we should just start at the top and actually do like a bit of a card by card breakdown of of where we're up to, so we can kind of work out well where these cards are and what decks. So Stu, Child Rebel is playing Obosh, Tima Obosh. He is, and when you go through the deck list, it's very much a Tima Adventures shell minus Lucky Clover. So we're looking at we have one Obosh as your companion. Uh, four uh, innkeepers, four bone crusher giants, four brazen borrowers, four love struck beasts. So there's your adventure package, and then four terror of the peaks and four beanstalk giants. Uh, we also have three spikefield hazards, uh, one Barloged recovery, three cultivates, four genesis ultimatum. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so if you if you can get your obosh down and the, and. The, Yes. And then Terror of the Peaks. Yes. With some crit. Wow. Okay. With, be- with Beanstalk yes. Giants. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let's, I'll finish the deck list first. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just. Stu, Stu got all excited. He's like, I, I want to cast I, this deck. I love Teema. Okay. I played a lot of Teema Adventures. I played a lot of Teema Ramp. I have a commander deck that's Teema that has a lot of these cards in it. And it's just, it's one of my favorite color combinations. Anyway. So we also have two of the Great Henge. Get a bit of card draw and some life gaining, which is nice. And 26 lands. Uh, sideboard? Do we want to hit the sideboard now or talk about the main deck first? Yeah, let's just go through the main deck, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The most important thing about this deck, 63 cards in the main. Hey, yeah, right. 
deliberately. And so, like, Shorty was like, I've got the deck list from Child. I need to check that it's correct because it's 63 cards. And he confirmed it. He has playing 63 cards. So, I don't know whether that was just that they were all so good that he couldn't work out what to cut or... Well, they are also good, so... <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's playing he's all gone, four ops, basically, so... Yeah, yeah in, as yeah. far as the creatures, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other interesting thing is the three Spikefield Hazard and the Balagid Recovery. That brings him up to his, 30 lands, right? It does, yes. Yeah. And if you're yeah. an ultimatum deck, you got to have them. Yeah, you yeah, you absolutely. Do. And it's interesting, there's no... Uh, because you've got Obosh, you don't have the Snake, the uh, Lotus Cobra. So you're relying on your three mana ramp spells uh, and and your great hench to to get you there. But the benefit of your adventure package with Bonecrusher Giant and Brazen Borrower is that you're not actually skipping your two drop slot uh, in the way that in you know in your play patterns you've got Stomp or you've got Petty Theft to to deal with things. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, it looks great. It's not the you know, turn five Ugin decks that we've we've seen. It's uh, uh, a bit more of a snowball effect where, you know, it gets a lot of value from its adventure cards and then can just, like, 20 you from nowhere with Terror of the Peaks. <sighs> Seems pretty good. He's really playing to the board here. Mm. Like, if you look at it, there's actually no Ugins anywhere, even in the sideboard. Yeah, wants to keep permanence on the battlefield. Yeah, right? so yeah. He's, he's really kind of identified that he wants to be a little lower. I mean, four ultimatum is like you, you, you're about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah for he's, sure. He's 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 definitely leaning into it. He is playing like the Beanstalk Giant plus Cultivate, so he's got seven ramp spells, and he's just looking to grind people out with Innkeeper. Well, he's got nine with the the Great Henge, uh, and when you've oh, that's got true. That's you've true. got Love Struck Beast, the the Henge gets affordable, mm-hmm. uh, and you know that's a that's a pretty good combo. So that that is you know a decent mana rock there as well, but um. Not a huge amount of interaction. And if, if we jump over to the sideboard now, Stu, I guess there's probably a point to... Yeah, so in the sideboard we have one Stern Dismissal, four Scorching Dragonfires, so there's half of the uh, Dragonfires in the sideboards across all decks, uh, three Mystical Disputes, Got three... to resolve those ultimatums, yep. Yep, uh, three the Akroan War, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and three Ox of Agonos, so that's your... Uh, one, one answer to your mill strategies, correct? Yeah, your mill strategies. It's a really good against control decks as a recursive yeah. threat that draws your cards. And um, yeah, there's a, there's I think five oxes across the uh, the the top eight. So people yeah. have definitely identified that as a uh, as a good card in you know those the situations where you want it. So uh, I I I like it. The um, you know the stern dismissal is an interesting one. I'm not. A hundred percent sure what that's or is it just a um just a bounce spell? Or is it there for something specific? I'm not sure. Yeah. But what enchantments are there that we care about at the moment? Uh Doom Foretold, E C D E C D you don't want to bounce. That was no, the first thing don't. that came to mind. Yeah. I was like, yeah. you don't get the creature back because it's exiled, that's not like under the E C D. But yeah, Doom, it makes sense if if you think you're gonna play but it's a one of, so I don't know. Uh Unsummon seems interesting, particularly when you've already got Four brazen borrowers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, be interested to talk to Child about that and to see what uh, yeah something to keep an eye out for on the stream. What does Child bring that in against? So yeah, very interesting. All right. Next deck. Yeah, it, it has look. It has a plan, and 
it will do it consistently. It's just a matter of whether he gets disrupted or interacted with enough to stop him from doing what he's about. Yeah, well, a deck it. that could definitely go under him is Pijor's Gruul Beats deck. Sure is. So let's have a quick chat about that. It's another Innkeeper deck. So we've gone for Innkeeper. I love it already. Of course you do. We're leaning less into it, though. So it's just yeah. four Innkeeper and then the four Bonecrusher Stomp as the payoff there. And uh, also Rimrock the Love Stuff Beast as well. as well. Oh, Rimrock Knight too. Okay, so hmm. the, you've got, yeah, okay, so 12 spells that go with it. Yep. And then also Brushfire Elementals as a four of, Kazandu Mammoth as a four of, three Questing Beast, two Robber the Rich, two Ooze, one Vivian, five mana Vivian, of Monster's Advocate. And then for spells, we've got, Couple of primal mites, couple of shatter skull smashings, and then three believe the cleaves. Twenty-one lands, which is not actually twenty-one lands; it's more than that because the mammoth is four more lands, and then the shatter skull is also two more. So we're at twenty-seven lands total. In t- yeah, twenty-seven yeah. lands, or three mana five fives, or a way to remove two blockers. So mm-hmm. some pretty good utility that we haven't really seen in you know a you know, a red-green beatdown archetype before. Like, this is kind of a new paradigm. You know, it's normally been, you know, cheap creatures that, you know, green gives you large bodies, red gives you haste, and then you can have pump spells and burn spells to remove blockers. And that's kind of been this archetype's MO since the start of Magic, but completely new paradigm now with, um, you know, never missing a land drop, with your brushfire elementals, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, those those land drops can also be three mana five fives or removal spells. So, uh, and of I course, think- we're playing the full four fable passage to maximize on the brushfire elementals as yeah, well. Getting those doubles, yeah, it's so good. And it's actually there's a and, lot of and play on to the it. mammoth this, too. Yeah, the sequencing there when you've got a brushfire elemental mammoth opener, you know when to play and crack the uh, the fable passage is. Uh, always uh, an interesting thing, like managing that as a resource management. The ideal scenario is obviously as your fourth land when you're about to play Questing Beasts and attack with that as well. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that doesn't always happen. But, yeah, I think it's uh, this deck uh, can definitely beat up on uh, some of the decks in the format for sure. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What's, uh, what's in the sideboard? Uh, so we've got a couple of Ranger's Guile, which is pretty cool. It's a instant for one. It's for a green mana. Uh, target creature you control gets plus one, plus one, and gains Hexproof till end of turn. So be bringing that in against the Demir decks, you can be sure. We've got another Ooze, another four Scorching Dragonfires, a couple of Wilts, a couple of the Ox of Argonus, as you said before, three Phoenix of Ash, and then- Pretty good against the yep. mill, mill strategies, yep. Absolutely, yeah. So Pedro was obviously- Interested in, in shoring up the rogues matchup there. And then an extra copy of Vivian, the monster's advocate. Okay, so going up to two in the uh, in the matchups where you do want to draw that seems seems pretty great. So Just if, definitely- again, it's a, a five-mana walker if you can resolve it against control or any of the like um, Doom Patrol decks, anything that's looking to go a bit longer. The fact that you can cast creature spells off the top of your deck is really strong. So, yeah, you know, and you it, just it, have this churn of three threes to match Doom Foretold on yeah. red as well. So, so. you know, you, you don't just get blown out by Extinction Event or whatever. There's no just kind of, you, you get swept and you, you have no way of recovering. Vivian does a really good job of kind of getting you back into the game nicely, which is which is always the challenge that these kind of decks have. Absolutely. They're, they're not mono red, so they don't kill the control decks fast enough. 
and they can sometimes struggle to recover from a sweeper and you know when the control decks can stabilize so this this is a, like a good plan i like that and then Obviously, Ox and Phoenix are both great in those circumstances as well. As is Edgel Innkeeper with the the card draw off the adventure package as well. Uh, for all those reasons that you just mentioned, just having that extra one to two cards in a game can really make a difference. That can draw you to your cleave, that can find that threat that you need off the top or, or whatever you're looking for. So, yeah, the, the Gruul deck seems like it's in a really good place at the moment. Yeah, I like the look of it. Yeah. It's pretty standard. It doesn't look like we've got any huge innovations here, but by the same token, like, why break it? It works. <laughs> like, it's it's been the default beatdown deck since, you know, for, for a while now. And, uh, and it's like, good. You just get them dead, right? Yeah. Make them, make them have answers. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So the third deck we're going to talk about is Yanray's Lurus Rogues deck. Uh, so this is something that, yeah, Yenrace had success with, uh, the aforementioned 11-0, and uh, rode this to Mythic last season as well, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, certainly someone who knows his way around the Rogue's deck. So yeah, Lurus as a companion, as I mentioned, uh, four Merfolk Wind Robber, four Ruin Crab, four Thieves Guild Enforcer, four Soaring Thought Thief as the creatures, uh, four uh, two Blood Chiefs, Thirst, a main deck cling to the dust, four drown in the lock, which I'm so glad that card's seeing play. I really like yeah. it. Yeah, great uh, th- card. Three eliminate as the spot removal spell of choice. Three Agadim's awakening. Three call of the death dweller to go with Lurus to recur all your things. Two main deck lol mages domination, which is uh, a card that's seen some play in sideboards uh, and made its way into the main deck here. It's a really interesting choice. And the stock four into the story to just let this deck just draw all the cards uh, and 22 lands. So <clears throat> Rogue's been around for a while. It's uh, something we're pretty familiar with, but uh, there's a couple of choices here with the domination, eliminate over heartless act uh, that, uh, yeah, I-, I think is pretty interesting. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts here, guys? It's uh... Well, I think I like the, uh, the call for main deck uh, dominations without even knowing what the the meta for this was going to be. There's it's a lot of creature heavy decks, and so you know there's an opportunity to get some good you know steal some good creatures. Yeah, I mean it's a, a you can steal a three drop for for three blue for metal, three. right? Yep. So yeah, yeah. So you know I I take your mammoth or your bone crusher giant or your love struck beast, right? So it's um it it's pretty great, you know. It's a mind control cost four mana. Or so control magic costs four mana, mind control costs five. So if you're getting if you're getting that effect at a discount rate, then then this card can be really good. It removes a blocker, gets rid of something that's going to kill you. Like it's there's a lot of flexibility in that card. I think so. Yeah, it's a good inclusion. Uh, we should talk about the sideboard here as well because he's kind of got a bit of a transformational thing going on there. Definitely changes gears, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so two Cling to Dust, three Heartless Act to complement the three uh, Eliminates in the main deck. One Thassa's Intervention to as a bit of counter magic or a, a way to find an answer. A couple of Mystical Disputes, and we get Transformative here with three copies of Zareth San, the Trickster, and three copies of Shark Typhoon. So can play the, the Flash game um, really well to... Uh, you know, make sharks or or bring in a four four 
Or you can also rogue in, is that what we say, instead of ninja in, <laughs> Zareth's in, um, to, to get that value. So uh, against other creature decks where you, you know, you, you've got your spot removal, uh, you can then, you know, take their best threat, which is uh, pretty nice. And Zareth's in complements the ruin, cr- ruin Crab strategy pretty well, right? Kind of. You, you end up cutting the Ruin Crabs a lot is what I found when I was playing this. Like, they're really good in game ones, and then a lot of the time you end up just shaving them for something that is more impactful because you're less likely to be able to mill people in games two and three. Um, just everything slows down a little bit and there's a bit more interaction. So so that's where you go bigger with Zarathan yeah, and, and Sharks. And, and Sharks. Yeah, okay. So obviously you switch um, Lurus into the, the sideboard, which also points to why there are some of those cards like Domination in the main because they were previously sideboard cards and so you've by putting them in the main deck you've freed up sideboard slots which i really like i think is is really cool one thing that i do think is interesting here just in the mana base is that he's playing a couple of the the zagoth triomes which is the solto ones um and instead of castle lockthwain interesting and it's always been a challenge in this deck to have enough swamps to have lockthwain enter untapped yeah and the yeah. fact that it's another dual land is good I that did- you can cycle in the late game especially if you're playing the instant speed game in games two and three yeah absolutely but because it is I- important to note by the way just slight tangent it wouldn't be a, a cast without a tangent uh the finals are obviously going to be best of three you know we owe it to our competitors to play real magic for the uh, for, for for the end of your event, you just can't. It's not even a tangent anymore. It's just like, and we're twenty minutes in. It's time for Chewy to say, "Best of one isn't real magic." Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and in te- tune in ten minutes from now, and I'll talk about Crack Clan Ironworks. That's right. Nope. No. <laughs> I promise. We <laughs> our podcasts are normally four hours long. We just edit three hours out every week, guys. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so Zareth Sand has really seen a big uptick. In, in these lists to the point where there were a, a bunch running around recently where they just weren't playing Lurus at all. Um, and that sometimes they're even seeing the main deck play because they're really good against like the bigger creature decks. And so, which if is you really to- interesting because they were in the, you know, the week one decks and then like slowly ebbed and disappeared and now they're making their way back again. So yeah. Yanray really likes this. And I've talked to him about it a, a bunch of times, you know, when, when we, we actually did a bit of brewing early on, uh, around this together and then also a bit later just chatted to him about it a couple of times and he's like there are no bad matchups it's just interesting sideboard choices so he, he really believes that this is like just the best deck available in standard and you just need to find the right build for the week and what you're expecting and i feel like he's kind of split the difference pretty well here in terms of uh the choices of being the the super low heavy mill plan, and then also the we can go bigger and change it up. So I, I really like this list. I think, so I think he's ad- yeah, identified good. that uh, the bigger creature decks uh, are a weakness, and has taken things taken steps to address that. Uh, our next deck by Tom D is definitely a, a bigger creature deck. Um, so Stu, do you want to talk us through this? Uh, Concoction. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this deck in action. Uh, it looks cool. It's been titled Naya Winota Warriors. All right. So we've got uh, three Gilded Goose, four Kargan Intimidators, four Lotus Cobra. Nice to see the Lotus Cobra around. Four Seasoned Hello Blades, four Tajuru Paragons, 
two tangled of these are all the hard words tangled florahedrons. That's why we gave you this list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, on, honestly, it was random. It was random. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, four Bone Crusher Giants, four Cargan War Leaders, one Hactos the Unscarred, four Winota, Joiner of Forces, and two Kenriths. So we're looking at 36 creatures. It's a lot of dudes. That is a lot. Uh, then we have two Turn Timber Symbiosis and two Embercleaves, along with 20, 20 lands. Uh, which is 22 with which the is 22 and plus the tangled florahedrons 24, yeah. 24. Yeah. Okay. And Lotus Cobra as as you read well, spells yeah, as well. And Gilda Goose. So, yeah. yeah. So it gets to 4 pretty you know pretty easily. Um sometimes on turn 3 with the uh florahedron and Gilda Goose as well or Lotus Cobra. So it could definitely turn 3 Winota. So I I This is an interesting deck. Yeah, so Tom D had red white Winota uh, in the last league finals, um, sort of ran ran through. I think finished second in their in their group stage, and yeah, this is a different take on the deck. It's it's really interesting. Introducing a third color makes it uh, a pretty good just warriors beatdown deck. I'm going to kill you with you know my lord in war leader and a bunch of dudes. You know, Embercleave's always a threat, and then you know. Neck minute Winota, and I put you know twenty power extra onto the board. Uh, seems good, right? Yeah. So I had a chat with Tom again about what he was interested in playing, and he was he was tilting that the fact that when we switched to his match for the for the finals last time that his deck really didn't turn up. He never saw a Winota in games two and three. He won the first game in like two minutes and just crushed his opponent and then just didn't do anything and he was like oh like it's really high variance i don't know if i want to run it back but i really love the deck and it's a lot of fun i was like well it's a double elimination and he's like huh really <laughs> it's so you're time. saying i get two bites at it and i was like yeah you do and he's like all right then <laughs> so it's a really good beatdown deck and uh, when i was chatting to him uh one of the cards that he pointed out that he really enjoys is the Kargan intimidator which yeah, is one of the red good. for a 3-1, and it says cowards can't block warriors, which is why there's a warrior something. Yeah. And you can you can pump it, you can turn a creature into a coward, you can turn warriors, give them trample. So if you've got some spare mana floating around, this card does work, man. It really does a lot of work. I so, like that it makes Hakdos playable because, you know, I, I, I think this card is bad, uh, but if- Hakdos? Yeah, yeah. Hakdos is a hack, absolutely. Um, but- the combo side of this and the fact that it's a warrior, I think, makes makes it playable in this shell as a one of. So that that's as good as Hakdos, I think, can really get. So I, uh, you know, I was pretty vocal, uh, and I think you thought this card was amazing when we first previewed at Cracker. But you know, it's seen about the amount of play that I, I thought. So you know, I was right. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's a cool card. It's a very cool. It's Design. got all, all, all the flavor, card. man. Come on, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's it's a flavor win. It is, and and for it to be played at this level, uh, oh, you know, I I hope that it gets flipped off um off Winota and and kills someone. I hope we get to cover that. And, yeah, me it, too. It's and pretty look, cool. I, I agree. A one of seems right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you like drawing it and casting it is not easy. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, Again, another deck that's just plain to the board. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What's in the what's in the speaking of boards? What's in the what's in the sideboard here? Right, so we're looking at uh, two giant killers, three selfless saviors, four Draneth Draneth magistrates, one Heliod's intervention, two Scoozers, one Welt, and a couple of soul seers. Okay, all pretty self-explanatory, I think. Um, you know, giant killer just to deal with just do, you know, giant killer is exactly what you would expect the card to be for those who don't know it. Selfless Savior has been in the main deck of the red-white Winota decks as a way to, you know, trigger Winota and protect Winota in the same, um, yeah. in yep. the same card. He is the goodest boy. Um, the Dranith Magistrate uh, as a four of is an interesting thing here. So it's it's pretty good against the Lurus decks. It's pretty good against Genesis Ultimatum. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep absolutely. So it's a and yeah, it's a, it's it's just a good magic card in that sense. So. It's a four of as well, so there are definitely multiple decks in in this top eight that we'd expect to see the magistrate come in. Um, Heliod's intervention pretty good against the the Doom Foretold decks. Scoos, we know all about Scoos. I I really like seeing cards like Wilt in the uh, in sideboards. It's it's the ultimate sideboard card in in my mind. And if you're introducing green to this deck, why not? And Solsia just a way to kill some stuff you know that, that that's good like five damage to something um you know this this deck can go pretty large with winota and kenrith yeah but, for sure but the red green deck can outscale it um you know if they're just trying to play a, a fair game so um Solcia seems like a pretty good way to get rid of a uh a love struck beast or um questing beast so yeah it's pretty great i like yeah, it I, I i like this build a lot um, it got the Naya colors got a lot in the mana base, uh, with both the red white pathway and the green red pathway, and I think that makes the green splash a lot easier now, and it just introduces a much better straight up beatdown plan. Yeah, than, yeah. Than, than than they had before. So rather than plan A being find one of your four of one odors, um, your plan A is I'm just going to play to the board, beat you down, and the threat of one odor is often, uh enough right yeah or, or just it's a cleave deck as well like it, cleave i promise you we will see cleave win games out of this deck cleave does win games can so. just, it just yeah. it just does straight up like yeah. and and like the the interesting thing about it is the there's no way to play around cleave in a deck that is looking to just attack every turn like there there is no alternate plan here they're just looking to beat down every turn so it's not even like it gives your opponents a chance to think around the fact that you're attacking with a gilded goose all of a sudden for no reason it's like no no i'm just doing that anyway because i've got you know i've got a winota in play so exactly there's yep. there's just multiple angles that it can hit from even though it looks like it's just a a fairly straightforward piece so winota so, in um so from an actual play pattern gameplay perspective winota and embercleave actually complement each other oh yeah despite yep. the fact that there is some dissynergy in terms of the fact that like both winota and turn timber symbiosis can't flip Ember Cleave into play, which is why we only see two. Yeah, and 36 yeah. creatures is <laughs> it's, it's a huge, huge proportion of your deck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so from 36 creatures to four creatures, Yeah. Uh, tell us about Benny R's deck, Cracker. I mean, Be Benny and R and I are kindred spirits in some ways with just Brazen Borrow being one of our all-time favourite cards. Uh, he's only playing one. <laughs> In the main. So he has a Brazen Borrower, a Murderous Rider, and two Lockmere Serpents. 
He has wow. two two Ashiok's Nightmare Muse and then twenty four counter slash removal spells. So two Blood Chief's Thirst, two Cling to Dust, two Eliminates, an Essence Scatter, three Heartless Acts, two Jawari Disruption, and a Gate, two Thassa's Intervention, four Neutralize, three Extinction Events, two Hagramauling, oh, and then three Maze Mind Tome, which Lovely. is, man, that card kind of was slept on for a little bit, but that card does work. Like a lot of work. Yeah, yeah it's really good. We saw in the last finals, um, the big red deck, uh, absolutely. That leaned on that. That yeah. Maze Mind Tome was the MVP of that deck for sure. By, uh, by, by the length of the straight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then three Shark Typhoons as well. 24 lands, which ends up being more because of the um, disruptions and Hagramauling. So we're actually got 28, 28. lands, yep. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And with the, the scries and draws off Maze Mind Tomes, cycles off neutralizers. Intervention uh, draws cards. <clears throat> yeah, there's a... You know, dust draws cards. You're going to hit your land drops, absolutely. So, uh, a hard, hard control. control deck. Yeah, Kill everything, yeah. counter everything, a GG. Yeah, and then like recursive threats in Lock Me Serpents. Yeah. In- incidental bodies in Brazen Borough, Murderous Rider. Uh, yeah, I I like this deck. This is this is kind of spicy. And, yeah, it's good. Uh, th- we've seen a, a, you know a, a rogues deck with you know uh, not that many creatures, but lots of ways to recur them. We've got you know two red green or red green white beatdown decks that you know solid. So they're um, you know th- there's a lot of dudes in play. So a lot of uh, you know essence scatters, heartless axe. Uh, extinction events, Hagramaulings, they're all going to come into play. So, uh, you know, they're going to try to go under this deck, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of cheap interaction. There's, you know, you count Shark Typhoon as well. So, yeah, it's going to yeah. be a really interesting matchup. So what happens in the sideboard? It, it Just more interaction. Yeah. And it's really just like a buffet. There's a lot of one-offs here. So a Blood Chief's Thirst, an Agonizing Remorse, a Heartless Act, and a Gate, another Borrower, a Shadow's Verdict, uh, which is three black, black. I'm reading it for myself. <laughs> Exile all creatures and planeswalkers with converted mana costs three or less from the battlefield and all creature and planeswalker with cards with converted mana costs three or less from all graveyards. So Pretty wow. good uh, against a rogue stick, right? Yes, yep. it is. Yep. Another shark and a Eugene. Talk uh, to also- me about Midnight Clock. I love Midnight Clock. Like, I, I, I don't know how good it actually is in this, but I play it in some commander decks. Uh, so, two and a blue for an artifact that adds a blue. So, it costs you two money. You're going to get paid on it straight away. And then it's a bunch of text about putting clock counters, hour counters on your midnight clock. And when you have 12 hour counters on it, you get to shuffle your hand and graveyard into your library and draw seven cards. I love text draw seven cards <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> makes me happy it's really good and look particularly i don't know if we'll see it much in the meta we have we've obviously got like a bunch of beatdown decks and, and tempo decks and it's really good in a control mirror where you have the ability to pay two and a blue to put an hour counter on midnight clock uh, i think there are some some decks that we'll talk about next that it's potentially maybe Maybe it's it's not, it's not so good against Doom Foretold because you end up not with very many permanents in play. Yeah, 
with this deck, and you'll end up having to sacrifice it a lot. Oh, I think. Okay, right. But yep. I mean, okay, that's fair. So they probably go, shave the dooms. So does it go well against rogues? No, 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 no. no I think it's too, too slow it's against too, rogues. Too but slow yeah. against rogues. I think it's good against a doom foretold decks as long as you've got a counter for doom foretold. But yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, we might as well talk about one of the doom foretold decks. Let's. Let's yep. do that. So let's talk about J-Mud's deck. Uh, it's one of the two Urion decks that we've got. As So Urion, Sky Nomad as a companion. Uh, six creatures in Skyclave Apparition and two more copies of Urion in the main deck. And then here's, here's where it gets spicy and a little bit old school with two Dance of the Mance, a couple of Illuminates, an Essence Scatter, uh, three Heartless Act, three Negate, a Mystical Dispute, four copies of Extinction Event, Extinction event, three copies of Emiria's Call, which is, uh, yeah, goes big. Uh, a glass casket, three golden egg to complement your Dance of the Mance. Uh, four Omen of the Sea, three Elspeth's Nightmare, two Omen of the Sun, two Treacherous Blessings, four Doom Foretold, four Elspeth Conquers Death, 32 lands, uh, as well as your Emiria's Call. 35. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, you know, it's a it's an eight card deck, so obviously the the land count is going to be high. Uh, the the closest thing we've got to a uh, apart from Benny's deck, uh, so the next step down to be the closest thing to the, the hard control deck. We've got some um, main deck sweepers and and counter spells, and you know the, the the creatures that are being played removal spells in themselves with the Skyclave Apparition. So yeah, this is really interesting. And then you know the dance of the mance, it can do some do some fun stuff as well. So how do you guys see this deck being positioned? I think it's positioned really well. Like sky skyclave apparition hits a lot of the field, and being able to bounce that and bring it back several times is going to be very beneficial. Yeah, so we've got a lot of decks that are playing to the board, as we've mentioned before, and this deck is about controlling the board. So Benny's deck has a lot of counter magic. So it's about stopping things getting to the board where this one uh, almost wants people to play to the board and then punishing them for it and then having some, you know, recursion in in Elspeth Conquer's Death and Dance of the Mets. So, yeah, it's a, a different kind of control deck with a a little bit of a, you know, a value engine in, in Urion. So, yeah, I think you're right. This In this current top eight, this deck... Seems like it's fairly well positioned, so... I don't know, man. Yorion takes away... I, I still have trouble evaluating. Like, all the cards seem powerful. Yeah. But the problem is that you have to draw the right half of your deck, and that's always true, but you've also got, you've got 20 more 20 cards, cards. Yeah. <laughs> that you've yep. got to try and draw yeah. through. And, like, if you end up with just, like, a bunch of, you know, Dance in the Mance and Glass Casket and, you know, like, Golden Eggs and, like, Omen of the Seas in hand... And you don't draw any of your like early interaction, you may struggle. Yeah, the gruel and, and, deck and, could just and, get under you, right? Well, yeah, and the rogues deck will just have the like the cheap counters and, and early interactions. So I, I don't know. Like it, we will definitely see this. You know, J Mud said in the chat he's looking to just drag games on for as long as possible. He's just looking <laughs> for the most camera time. I think is is his plan, and he just wants to make us cast until midnight. So thank I'm you, cool with that. mate. We appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know. Look, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think it's interesting that he doesn't have, like you said, more of the um, Charming Princes or any more kind of value creatures. We're really just leaning on 
you know, the egg package as it was. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I've not played this deck, so no, neither I, have I. I, I don't know how well it actually plays out. Uh, but if, if I know J-Mud, he has uh, put in the time with the deck. And- actually, no. Um, he, he said that he couldn't decide between this and a teamer deck. And Jean-Emmanuel Dupra said that this deck was cool. And so he decided that he would go with this instead. Like <laughs> There that, that are was- worse people you could listen to. Than, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. someone who's won a Mythic Invitational or whatever yeah, the, the, the thing was. So. The, the dude can play. And and look, so can J-Mud, right? Like, he's, he's yep. no stranger to your own builds. He's no slouch. He's not, and no, he'll well, be he'll be jamming it, a lot of practice in now. There, there is no, um, there are no easy matchups in no. in the Envy top eight for sure. No. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. So a deck that is kind of the polar opposite to this one, Stu, is uh, the mono green food deck. Our that only, our only mono coloured deck, right? And so it's the- funny that you know it, it, it's food, so it's weird that the gr- mono coloured deck is the greedy deck. No, a bit of a stretch. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, bad jokes. Yeah, talk about the deck list, please. Save right. me. Another another creature heavy deck with four gilded geese, four tangled florahedrons. Yeah, no, you said Kaz- it really well that time. It's good. Yeah, nailed it that time. Had a bit of practice. Four Kazandu mammoths, four love struck beasts, two questing bees, four wicked wolves, two elder gargaroths, four feasting troll king. Yes, and, please. And two Cogla, the titan ape. We have a single copy of Vivian, Monster's Advocate, and here we go. In the artifacts section, we've got two Witch's Ovens, and two Great Henges, and enchantments, three Trail of Crumbs, two Wolf Willow Havens. And we have 20 lands, uh, combining with a couple of Castle Garen Briggs. Yeah, so and tw- that 20 land is buffered by... Yeah, a total of 28 with the Florahedrons and the Mammoths, so... Talk to us. What, what's this deck trying to do? Is it a beatdown deck? Is it a board control deck? I haven't seen this deck in action. A, a little scoop here. I haven't touched any magic for over a month, so... You can't say that, man. We're a I, magic podcast. No, you have to be an authority on just, this stuff, Stu. I've, I've still been, we, we, we've hey, talked about this. I've yeah, still been, sure I've still been buying cards. <laughs> I've still I've, been buying cards. So it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I'm still supporting my hobby. Uh, <laughs> I really like that... I think this deck's pretty well positioned and it's a bit of a dark horse. We've seen a lot of decks that play to the board and this has Cogla and Wicked Wolf. Look, as I, I see big green creatures. I smile. Oh, the Timmy, the Timmy's yeah. out there. The Timmy's and Tammy's are all, um, you know, licking their lips here. Uh, the four Wicked Wolf, two Questing Beasts um, choice here, I think is a good one in this metagame. This you know tiny little metagame that we have, uh, I I really like it. And uh, against the control decks that we've got, the the feasting troll king is um is also a uh, you know a recursive threat, which is yeah. really great. Um, a question on food artifacts: Are they tokens or are they just artifacts? Can you sack them to doom foretold? No, they're tokens. No, they're tokens. They're, they are tokens. Yeah, yeah they, they are they a food are. token. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but this deck seems. Uh, like it, it has some aggression in you know Lovestruck Beast and the the Mammoth, uh, but it's a class you know it's got some aggressive draws, but you know playing undercosted fatties on turn three, as well as having you know a really big top end. So so it looks like it's very much just wanting to play its own game, at least in game one, right? 
Yeah, and it can just uh, it's just going to try to go bigger yeah. than the the other creature strategies. Uh, you know, the Great Henge helps yep. with that. Vivian helps with that. Cogler, Elder Gargaroth. So yeah, some really difficult to deal with creatures there. But Surpri- yeah, may- surprise maybe weaker to the cool control thing. decks. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think so for sure. And and because you are mono green, like you just have less options, right? Yeah, like if that's you true. if you look at the sideboard where we've got a bunch of creatures again, you know some. Chainweb Arachneers, which as a rogues player suck. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, you've got some Primal Rites and Ram Throughs, yeah, some Scoozers, yeah. some Wilts, some Thrashy Bees, a couple of Questing Beasts, and another Vivian. So, all good look, cards, but you are limited to Cutlers. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I just want to see like Feasting Troll Kings in play. I, I remember being super excited about that when like Eldraine was first spoiled and I got crushed by that card at the pre release. <laughs> Smash <me. laughs> I think that was about the only time it saw play, though. <laughs> like, it, it, it didn't, yeah. it, like, the first week or two was like, this card's great. And then I was like, actually, we should just be playing Oko and doing that instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it is good to see it back here. I, I like this deck. I, yeah. I think, again, like, it has a plan. We know what it's doing. It is no, I, there are some interesting interactions. There are some lines, and it, it will grind surprisingly well. Uh, yeah. Witches Oven, Great Hinge, and Trail of Crumbs. Trail of Cum- Crumbs is going to be a really important card in a lot of matchups absolutely and, and, and that gives us a real staying power yeah and namburga won our no ban list event with a uh, a, a similar strategy so knows their way around this deck really well so i'd expect them to uh you know impress us with their their piloting with this i think so yeah it's, yeah i think it's going to be uh going to be pretty great i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be a good deck and we've got one more deck list. We do. Yeah, Crackers, do you want to uh, talk us talk us through this um, this brew? Uh, maybe it's a brew. I, I don't know. Is this is this a known archetype from Hemsey? Uh, it's probably known to Hemsey. I've never seen it before. But let's go through it. It is a Abzan Yurion deck. So kind of quite different to the previous one where J Mud was leaning really hard in. Uh, the cre- the enchantments and artifacts where we have just a bunch of creatures, and so we've got two acquisition expert, a couple of charming prince, a skyclave cleric. Well, that's a good one to say. Uh, some Lanoir visionaries, skyclave apparition, archon of sun grace, a couple more Yurions in the main. I like that these Yurion decks are finally putting Yurions in the main deck. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. just seems right. Yeah, we talked about that on the cast when they made the change to the um. To the companion rule, where it was like we we just need to start playing more of them in the main. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a Vivian monster advocate as well. Good to see that big Vivian is seeing quite a lot of play in our top eight here. Yeah, it's then, in three different decks. Yeah, a bunch of spot removal spells. So Blood Chief's Thirst, Eliminate, Heartless Act, Mythos of Nethroi, and Extinction Event, Three Shadow of the Sky, a couple of eerie ultimatums, which we nice. all know I'm about because recurring things from graveyards is fun. Uh, three, Amiria's Call and Ondu Inversion, which for those who don't know, because I didn't, it's Planar Cleansing. It's six white, white, destroy or non-land permanents. It's also a land if you need it to is. Be. It is also a land. We've got a couple of glass caskets, a maze mine tome, uh, three birth of Miletus, Elspeth's Nightmares, Omen of the Sun, Treacherous Blessing, Doom Foretold, and some e- full set of ECDs. There's so many cards. There's so many cards. <laughs> 29 lands, which is more because we've got the Amiria's Calls and Ondu Inversions. 
any anything else that doubles as lands? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, the um the Lanawa Visionary taps for mana as well. Yeah, and oh, the, and the, the sky, Leaders goes and gets the, the planes. The Skyclave Cleric also is a land too. Yeah. Oh, yep. So it's up around the thirty five mark plus. Yeah. So yep. And then there are yeah, just a lot of one offs again in the sideboard, which we can go through later, but Yeah, so this wants to play to the board as well. This is another deck that plays to the board, but also has Shadow the Sky. Um but you know the Wants to play to the board, get your opponent to play to the board, blow up the board, and then cast an eerie ultimatum, and then just have an ear to ear smile. Uh, that you know, that as a you know, if that's the way that games play out, I'm all about that. That sounds really fun. I, I like this creature package, and it going with Yorion. Like they're all, none of them are super high impacts in their own right. Like Acquisitions Expert will let you steal a card or two. Charming Prince, you know, gains you some value, but everything has an ETB except for Archon of Sun's Grace. But it's but a one of and, and there's you have enough. so many ways of triggering it. And yeah, like yeah, there's seventeen right. enchantments in this deck. So Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I think it's um it's again like a completely different take, even though it's a, another Yorion deck. It's so far from the other one in terms of its game plan, which is great. I love it. Absolutely. And not I think it's a eighty one card um main deck as well. <laughs> so um yeah, uh, Hemsy and Child of a Walker doing what they do, and uh, you know, sometimes one eighty each cards other. just isn't enough. Yeah, you don't want to get milled out by <laughs> Bruin Crab, do you? Um, so yeah, I think this is a yeah a, a different take on the Urian strategy, and one that uh, it, we have seen before, but it's a, uh, a sort of fresh angle on it. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this deck play out. Very grindy. What what's in the sideboard? What are we what are we seeing here? Uh, so a couple of spiders, uh, the chain web arachnids, uh, duress, agonizing remorse, maze, mind home, scoos, three lovestruck beasts, another archon, uh, a pelucranos, a nice. yashan, a baneslayer angel, Love and it. a Eugene. So a lot of one offs, and uh, then just you know a couple of bigger creatures to to gum up the ground and and kind of. Is that yeah. our only Eugene across? Yeah, no. one Ugin the Spirit Dragon. I no, believe. no, no. Uh, didn't Benny have one as well? There was definitely oh, yes, one yes, more. Yes, he does. Benny oh, has yeah, Benny, one as well. Benny's got I one. So, yeah, only two. So, only four Lotus Cobra and two Ugins across the entire top eight. So, yeah, standards in a good spot. Standards, yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm, I'm really pumped to, you know, eight different decks. Uh, the eight most consistent players, best players uh, over our league, uh, our leagues for the year. Uh, next leveling coverage, uh, being in the same room as you guys. Like, I'm so excited about this weekend. It's, the hype it's is be, real. Yeah, I'm... it's going to be really good. The videos, like Shorty's, again, you know, we've pumped him up a bit. We better put a cork in that before his head gets too big. But yeah, uh, he's done a lot of work on the on the videos and he and Chris on the production. I guess the, the pressure's on us, us three, to actually have uh, halfway decent commentary. So we'll do our best. Nah, it's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll, just we'll just, the banter just, up. We'll be just, right. Yeah, just run it back like we always do. Just yeah. <laughs> talk a bunch of nonsense and get excited when they play sick lines that we didn't see. <laughs> we can guarantee that will happen, that there'll be lines played that we didn't see. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Ab- yeah. uh, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, in, we, we'll probably wrap things up there. I think we've kind of gone on for a, a while, as we usually do, unless you guys had anything else in particular you wanted to point about. Oh, all right. Hang on. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I just thought of something. Hot take. Ooh, okay. Who's going to win? 
Ooh. Or who, who are the finalists? Look, I, I'm i going to be a, a fence-sitter here and say it could be any one of the or any two of these guys. Like, Yeah, yeah, we know we, that. But who, who, come on, hot takes. All right, okay, hot, hot take. takes. I'll go first. I'll go first. Can I throw it all out there? The finalists will be Child Rebel Walker and J-Mud. I like mm. it. J-Mud feels like he's a bit of an underdog, so my, I really appreciate your, your support. I'm going to go finalist Yanre uh, because he has uh, felt the pressure of the bright lights in the past, and I think he's learnt from the uh, the previous finals and uh, will kind of use that experience and, and you know, stick to his strength and, and play well. And I, I'm, I'm also going to be in Tom D's corner because anybody who plays Eldrazi Tron in modern must be a good magic player. So I reckon Tom D <laughs> is going to uh, have a bit of a day out and always have Winota on turn four and, uh, yeah, make it to the finals. All right. Uh, I also think Yanre. I think it's the mo- probably the most flexible deck uh, of all of the ones we've seen here. And, oh, man, who else do I think? I... I- I think Hemsey might be able to kind of get all the way there as well. I think that that deck has enough tools to let him go all the way through. But as Stu said, like... It's wide open. It, it is wide open. And I, I think I, Namburger would be happy to be... Not be... Have the spotlight on them here as well. So... Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think they'd be happy for us to think other people are going to win and um, sort of swoop in and take the chocolates. So... Or the revised plateau. I think the revised plateau will go very early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, do we want to just rattle off very quickly what the the prizes are um, for for this? For those who might be listening to us for the first time, yeah, there's a right. draft for this. We have a a, a prize pool, and uh, from first to eighth in the invitational, that is your draft pick order. So, some local game stores will do that for their Friday night magic drafts, where you you know put all your foils and rares, and you get to pick them. Uh, so there's, yeah, revised plateau. There is $200 cash. There is a stack of Zendikar Rising Collectors boosters. There is a... There's a Double Masters Mana Crypt, $100 cash. Yeah, there's a, cash. Horizon, a Horizon Canopy. It's it's amazing. There's a Magic Beans playmat for everybody. and But the big the big thing that people are actually playing for... What what are we actually playing for, Cracker? What's what's the, the real prize here? Custom art token. Yes. Care of Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are going to put up the prize there and, and have the winner work with an artist so they can get their likeness on the card. And there are some sick ideas. Yeah. Kate, Katie Drinkwine is the the card, the card artist uh, who's done... Anyone who's bought anything off Josh and Pat's would probably got one of Katie Drinkwine's... I have several. Yeah. Uh, uh, the great art. Uh, not dissimilar to the Acoria sort of showcase art yeah. in its style. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, and yeah, so uh, that's the real prize, right, Craig? That's uh, yeah. Everyone's pretty excited about that one for sure. And and like a sweet trophy, you know, just because breaking rights. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, check out the videos that uh, that we've been putting out because each player looks at their so sorry each player tells us what they want as their their token, some of their ideas. So I think that'll be really good. Can't wait. So two o'clock uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time this Saturday, the 5th of December. Tune into twitch.tv slash Magic Beanscast. The link 
will be in the show notes. Thank you, Shorty. And yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be you know some of the best magic coverage. I can't wait. Can't that wait. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's gonna be great. Uh, so if you want to reach us, as Chewie's just said, you can find us on Twitch. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search Magic Beans Cast. Um, you'll find our website or links to any of those social media platforms. If you want to find me for some reason, I am at Joel Hill underscore Chewie. You are at Chewie MTG and Stu at M Stewie. Awesome. We hope that you will all tune in on Saturday for a sweet show. And then next week, we'll probably spend at least this long talking about what happened and how much fun it was. And you should come and check it out. So thank you all. And we will talk to you very soon. Bye.